This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, we'll talk to the folks from Manning Elliott. If you're a property owner and you want to make sure you don't pay too much tax when you sell or you want to pass it on to your kids, you'll definitely want to hear that. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. Looks like we're finally getting back on the bus and the SkyTrain, and the Canada Line, and the C-Bus. Metro Vancouver's Transportation Authority says public transit ridership has rebounded to 70% of what it was pre-COVID and is up from 59% last year. TransLink says that's a better recovery rate for transit than most other big cities like Toronto, Montreal, Washington, Chicago, San Francisco. They say bus ridership had the strongest recovery in the Lower Mainland at 62% of pre-pandemic levels, with SkyTrain lines at 54 to 57%. The region, which includes Surrey, Langley, White Rock, and North Delta, saw the biggest recovery, reaching 75% last year. The British Columbia government has decided to completely replace the Royal BC Museum at a cost of $800 million instead of renovating the place for a price tag costing $300 million more. BC Tourism Minister Melanie Mark says the government's decision took into account that the current building is not structurally safe, is a flood risk, and contains hazardous materials. A couple of weeks ago, the government announced an eight-year plan to create a new provincial museum at the current downtown Victoria location. The old museum uh, has been harshly criticized for uh, racism, discrimination, and a narrow focus on BC's colonial past. But there's also criticism for these new plans, critics of the plan to completely replace the museum instead of just renovating it for less money, have slammed it for being tone deaf when soaring inflation and skyrocketing gas prices are hitting BC residents hard. British Columbia has launched the country's first province-wide lung cancer screening program for those of us at high risk of getting it. It's all about finding the lung cancer sooner, and Health Minister Adrian Dix says the program will both save lives and improve their quality. Screening will be available at 36 centers across BC using existing CT scans for those who are between 55 and 74, currently smoking or having previously smoked and have a smoking history of 20 years or more. Program director Dr. Stephen Lamb says 70% of all cases of lung cancer are diagnosed at an advanced stage and the aim is to detect it earlier when treatment is more effective. The harsh reality of inflation and stigma is causing a problem for some women who are now being forced to decide between buying food and menstrual products. That's according to the United Way of BC. The organization is nearing the end of a province-wide campaign to not only gather a minimum of 700,000 products to anyone who needs them, but to open the conversation around women's health and menstruation. The United Way's Neil Adolph says more and more people are using food banks and other charities as a way to get the things they need, like tampons and pads. He says people who menstruate but can't afford these products experience huge amounts of anxiety 
and are often forced to stay at home for five to seven days every month, which means they can't go to work or school. This is Vancouver Consumer. And when we come back, if you are a property owner in the Lower Mainland, first of all, congratulations. You're probably sitting on some serious capital. And if you want to make sure you're not paying too much tax on that capital when you sell it or you're you're wanting to pass it on to your kids in a tax-efficient way, you'll definitely want to hear from our next guest. We'll talk to the folks at Manning Elliott about how to make sure you keep as much of that money in your pocket as possible. That's coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. If you are a, a business owner or you just own property, and uh, I think for a lot of people, uh, they don't realize uh, what they are, are sitting on when it comes to property. And it's very important uh, to be tax advantageous when it comes to, to passing that property on to loved ones. And it's really important with the way that uh, tax laws are constantly changing, it's important to have a professional on your side. And Manning Elliott, accountant and business advisors, uh, are just that. They've been in business since uh, the early 50s. They've developed a team of professional tax specialists with offices in Vancouver, Surrey, and Abbotsford. Uh, ManningElliott.com is the website. And with me now is Lyndon Braun, based in Abbotsford, a partner at Manning Elliott, and his focus is on identifying tax risks and solutions for property owners and businesses in the areas of tax planning, estate planning, and compliance. And uh, Lyndon is uh, with me now. Hi, Lyndon. How are you? Very well. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So so in Vancouver, especially in the Lower Mainland, uh, I guess a lot of people who own property uh, they, it, it, it might surprise them at what they're sitting on when it comes time to, to sell, to, to pass that on to loved ones. And uh, that's where Manning Elliott comes in, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, over the last several years, uh, the price of real estate has skyrocketed. It seems you can't open a, uh, open a newspaper any longer without having a headline about the price of real estate, um, you know, some of that was driven by low interest rates, but also just how lovely our city of Vancouver is. Uh, we've had just an influx of people and demand on those homes is, is just really significant. So, you know, where, where families have, you know, saved and scraped through, uh, you know, to buy their home and pay their mortgage, some of them are looking at just significant increases in, in, in that asset. And whenever you have an asset grow in value, your mind should always shift to tax implications because tax is unfortunately uh, just a reality of life when you've when you've earned something or realized a gain. Mm-hmm. And and the word gain is important because uh, capital gains tax. Uh, that is something. Uh, that I, I guess can be an advantage for people, but explain just, you know, for people who, who aren't uh, an expert at capital gains, how does capital gains work for people who own property? Yeah. So capital gains, um, is a, is, is not income. It's not like your employment income, or if you have a deposit at the bank that earns interest, a capital gain is what's realized when you sell an asset. 
And so, I mean, we're talking about real estate specifically, and, and it's the difference between what you paid for that real estate when you first bought it and what you realize or receive when you sell it. And that generates your gain. And um, currently, the rates of tax on a capital gain are about 25%. I always round to 25% because it's just a, a nice round number. You can do the math in your head quickly. Um, and, and so that's approximately what you're looking at for a capital gains tax. Um, and, you know, again, largely people ignore that when it's their personal home because we have something that's called the principal residence exemption. Um, you know, in Canada, if it's your main place of residence, um, there there's an exemption against paying capital gains tax. Doesn't mean you still don't have to re- report it to the Canada Revenue Agency. You still have to do that, and that's often surprises a lot of our clients. Um, but what's happening as real estate increases in value um, People are buying, you know, more than one property. Perhaps they have a vacation home. Perhaps they have some rental properties. Um, Perhaps they've got a basement suite or a coach house, really common in Vancouver and the surrounding areas. Um, When you have properties that are not just your place of, of principal residence, the tax rules get a lot more complicated, and you can actually end up uh, having to deal with the capital gains tax. Right. And that can be a huge amount of money uh, for people who, say, bought a home in the uh, early 80s or something. Yeah, I've actually got an interesting story on that, working with a client. um, I mean, West Vancouver real estate has been one where, uh, you know, property values have gone up significantly. We're just dealing with a client now who bought their property about 40 years ago, $180,000. I'm sure that was a significant investment at the time. Yeah. They're looking at the, a value of over $12 million now. So, I mean, you know, the math on that, uh, you know, 25% of that gain is a big number. It's, it's life-changing dollar amounts, yeah. Right. So, I mean, and with, with that in mind, uh, we're, we're talking, uh, about, uh, you know, being uh, tax advantageous with Lyndon Braun. He's a partner at Manning Elliott, manningelliot.com. And with the, the price of houses kind of, you know, skyrocketing the way they have, a lot of people are being very innovative, uh, with the way they deal with that, with their kids, uh, and instead of just waiting to pass away and then put in the will, the house, there are there are other kind of um, interesting ways, gifts and transfers. Let, let's talk a little bit about that and how Manning Elliott can help in that area. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, what, what we're seeing at least is, you know, a few things. Um, one is, you know, there's kind of a, a new trend or a, maybe a, a recent trend towards having multiple families living on one property. Um, You know, again, maybe just because of the economics and the price savings, uh, but also perhaps it just works with the family dynamics. Um, We're seeing, you know, the baby boomer generation as a whole is, you know, perhaps the the most well-off generation that's ever come through. Um, We're seeing people that... You know, they don't want to hold back inheritance all the way until they pass away. You know, they'd love to see their kids or grandchildren um, get to experience the comfort and joy that comes uh, with perhaps uh, receiving an inheritance before they pass away. Um, 
and then you know the other thing that we're seeing lots of is is, is clients looking at their estate planning, um, and and trying to make a plan for not only where their savings and assets may go, but also how to do that in the most efficient way with uh, taxes. Because again, it'll take a big chunk out of that. So, you know, we're seeing all these different kind of trends and and objectives that come from our clients. And so a lot of times we'll talk to them about uh, their desire to, you know, either gift uh, a property to their children to help them get into the real estate market. Um, perhaps they want to actually sell real estate to um, their kids or grandkids and maybe not for full full market value. Maybe, you know, they, they build in some help in that way where they maybe sell it to them for a discount. And, you know, again, each iteration of any one of those desires or plans has tax consequences. And so that's where we work with clients regularly to say, okay, here's your, what your objective is. How can we do that in the most tax-efficient way to get where you want to go without having, you know, I guess having the smallest chunk have to go to taxes. Mm-hmm. So you, there, there are a lot of uh, sort of tricks to it, but you can't just like sell your son or daughter uh, a million dollar house for one dollar. You just can't do that. Well, you can do it, but um, you know, again, it's it's understanding what the tax consequences would be. Like in in your scenario there. Um, let's assume it's not your principal residence or maybe let's assume it's, it's a rental property, right? You've been renting it out and now your kids are adults and you say, okay, we don't need that rental income anymore. We'll, we'll, we'll pass that on to the kids so they get a start in real estate. Um, just transferring it to them for a dollar, a million dollar value. I mean, again, it's pretty quick math at 25%. You have to come up with $250,000 for taxes. Um, you know, the the flip side is, is also that, you know, in a normal real estate sale, when you sell your property, you get money from the purchaser that can go and help fund those taxes. Uh, in the case where you're dealing with family members, they may not be giving you any money. They may have given you a loony. And so there is no money to actually put towards the taxes that result. Um so, you know, it becomes a question in twofold. Uh, not only is there a tax consequence, but how do you actually fund that tax consequence? Right. And I guess, or you could make it so that the kids play, pay the tax and the yeah. $1. <laughs> and the $1, right? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, again, we help with the kind of holistic view and say, okay, that's a good plan. But how do the kids come up with that money in a tax efficient way? Right. Exactly. And I guess there's, mm-hmm. and I get the, the, the tax law seems to be changing so quickly. Would you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a constant challenge, to be honest. Um, I mean, every year there's a, a scheduled update to the tax law that comes with the federal budget that's put out by the government. Um, so always baked into those budget announcements is a variety of changes to various tax laws. Um, so that happens at the federal level. And then there's also, you know, prevent provinces have provincial income tax. And so each province also has their own budget announcements, which usually contain, again, updated income tax legislation as well. So it's an evolving, moving 
um, thing that, you, you know, changes from time to time. I mean, I'll say there's been some whispers that perhaps there was some consideration of removing or capping the principal residence exemption. You know, there's been nothing official, but I think governments are looking at other sources of revenues. We have big deficits at the government level, and they they do need to be funded in some way. And, um, you know, so there there's always the risk that rules can change, um, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse, depending on kind of what side you're sitting. Yeah, and I, I guess if they got rid of the principal exemption tax, meaning that you had to pay capital gains on your principal residence, uh, do you think that that there would be rioting in the streets? Do you think people would, would accept that? I, I think there would be rioting. I think your inclination is probably correct. People <laughs> would uh, be up at arms for that, certainly. But, you know, there there is precedent. Uh, the United States has a cap at $250,000 uh, U.S. of exemption. So, you know, you know, in the kind of global perspective, our tax laws in that arena are quite, um, uh, what's the right word, uh, charitable or, or, or uh, kind to, to the owner, property owners. Right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. We're talking to Lyndon Braun, a partner at Manning Elliott. ManningElliott.com is the place to go. And uh, if you are, uh, you know, maybe getting older, you're sitting on a, on a piece of property or a few pieces of property, especially, uh, you know, if it's not your principal residence and you're, you're thinking about, say, your kids, for example, how you can effectively and efficiently pass that property on to your kids, how do you do it? Well, I think the first thing you do is you get some expert advice. And uh, that's where Manning Elliott comes in. Manning Elliott accountants and business advisors have been in uh, business since, uh, I think it was 1951 or 1952. Uh, that's right. Right. Yeah. 1952. Yeah. Yeah. 1952. Uh, and, uh, they will help you with uh, making sure you take advantage of every, every advantage that's out there. And we'll have more with Lyndon Braun, a partner at Manning Elliott. When we come back, this is Vancouver consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong and it is Vancouver consumer. If you're a property owner, and uh, maybe you're getting a little older, you've got kids, and you're thinking about uh, how you might want to pass that property on. You definitely want to be listening to my guest right now. Lyndon Braun is a partner at Manning Elliott, Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Uh, they've been in business since the early 50s, and uh, they can help you uh, navigate the very confusing tax laws, and there's probably a lot of things that people don't even realize because we've been talking about um, property values and people who have owned houses for years and years, the property has exploded in value. And, uh, and a lot of people think, well, it's my principal residence, so I don't have to pay tax when I sell it, but it, it can be very confusing. So, so I guess, Lyndon, my, my first question off the, this segment is, What's the biggest mistake that we make, uh, people who own properties, maybe they even own more than one, when it comes to, to, uh, to dealing with the tax implications of that as they get a little older? 
Yeah, that's a great that's a great question because you know we do see lots of mistakes, um, uh, and and you know oftentimes people come to us after the fact, and it's it's, it's sometimes too late. We can't help any longer. So, uh, I would say the biggest mistake is just assuming that the principal residence exemption applies. Um, you know, just making an assumption that there will be no tax on a very large transaction can just put you into a very tight corner. Um, so that, would, I would say, is the number one uh, mistake. The, the reason is, again, it's complicated. And, and we have properties, it's more and more common now, where there's some ancillary use to that property. It might be you rent out the basement. It might be you've put a coach home on the property. Uh, it might be that you run a business out of a portion of the property. Uh, even more common now is um, Airbnb or VRBO uh, rentals, um, which, again, all of those present a use of that property, which is not just your principal residence. And the lines between what is exempt and what is taxable get very blurred with those different uses because none of those activities, rental, coach home, short-term rentals on Airbnb, uh, earning business income from the property, none of those are tax-exempt. And so we don't want clients making that assumption that, oh, I'm selling my million-dollar home, there's going to be no tax, no problem, because that, that, that leads to, to bad results. Wow, that's something I did not really think about. I bet a lot of listeners weren't thinking about that, uh, you know, especially Airbnb. They, I mean, you n- would never really, really put that into perspective, uh, tax perspective anyway. But I guess a lot of people in the lower mainland, especially nowadays, have rental suites in their basement. So just generally, how does that work? What, I mean, is, is that explainable <laughs> right now? Like how, how it affects the tax? If you're, say you have a, a basement suite that you've been renting out for the last five years. Yeah, no, and it, it's somewhat, you know, I'll, I'll do my best to kind of simplify it. Um, you know, we, we would encourage, you know, with a specific set of facts and a specific circumstance, always talk to a, a, an advisor. But in generally the idea, the CRA's uh, administrative policy is that if the use is what they call ancillary to the property, so it's not the main use of the property, but it's some secondary use to the property, um, they'll still allow a full exemption on the, the piece of real estate. But even in that explanation, I'm sure you and the listeners can understand that there's some subjectivity to that. Um, and what becomes a problem is if, say, as an example, a client does a $200,000 renovation to upgrade a basement suite, um, get it uh, authorized, and to create you know, a separate entrance and, and all those kinds of things to make it ready for rent, there's lots of interpretations out there that say, well, that's no longer ancillary because you've actually invested a significant amount of capital to alter the property for a different use. And so it's definitely not a one-rule-fits-all kind of scenario. You know, I'd say in you know broad circumstances, if you've got a home and you rent out a small portion of it for a bit of rental income each month, more likely than not, you're not going to have an issue on it with the income tax. But I, you know, that's it's a pretty broad stroke to paint for everybody. 
Right. And just more evidence as to why uh, you need a professional on your side. And that would be Manning Elliott. Go to manningelliott.com. They are uh, an accountancy and business advisory firm, manningelliott.com. And uh, they have a team of professional tax specialists. They've got offices in Vancouver, Surrey and Abbotsford. And Lyndon Braun is in the Vancouver office. And, uh, it's it's really uh it's really worth talking to somebody. I mean, what are who are the types of people who who are are getting in touch with you these days? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we have all sorts. You know, I I'd, I'd say largely it's people that um, again are are I'll stereotype a little bit and say in the baby boom generation that are kind of doing the what's next kind of thought process. Um, looking at perhaps transitioning value to their kids or, the, or even grandkids, um, you know, looking around saying, I've actually got enough value that's going to last me. So especially with the way real estate prices have gone up, um, you know, maybe I want to help out my kids who are looking at these skyrocketed uh, real estate prices, trying to get into the market, um, you know, because they they see them and can empathize with their children and then want to do something. So that's kind of quite often where we get involved in the conversation is is if you're doing that what if scenario thinking, it's probably a good trigger to say, oh, maybe we should talk to somebody about this. Uh, I'll say the other thing is is we we deal a lot uh, of clients that have uh, a principal residence, but then also have income properties or vacation homes because those clearly have a tax implication to them. It's not only income tax, I should point out, too. It could also be uh, GST. Uh, we haven't we haven't kind of mentioned that yet, but if you're renting out short-term rentals like an Airbnb, uh, any rental less than 30 days, that's subject to GST. Uh, in addition, if you've only done Airbnb rentals or the majority of the use of that property was for short-term rentals, you could actually make the future sale of that property subject to GST. So again, that that's a big surprising item for a lot of people too. They, you know, we see that a lot with people that have properties in Whistler that have been rented out a large uh, majority of the time. Uh, all of a sudden, coming to the realization that I have to sell my home, or my sorry, not my home, my second property. I have to charge the purchaser GST. But I really is going to have to come out of my my take home because I have to compete with all the other properties that are for sale and comparable to mine. And again, that's never a pleasant conversation with our clients. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. Um, so yeah, it's 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 uh, a, a very complicated thing. Uh, we're talking to Lyndon Braun at Manning Elliott, and they can make it simple. ManningElliott.com is the website. Um, and some, what are some other broad strokes, other, other things that you can provide clients that they may not even need, think they need, uh, people who, who have property and, uh, are thinking of maybe, uh, you know, passing that property on. Yeah. I mean, I think what we really provide too is kind of a holistic look at things because we've, we've done it before with, you know, clients previously, and so, you know, you may have an idea in your mind, but to flesh it fully out is really valuable. So we, we kind of bring the per- perspective of, okay, well, 
here's what we want to do, but let's think about the other implications. Um, is there a mortgage or a line of credit that you have on these properties? Like, if so, we need to deal with the bank. How are we going to deal with the bank? Um, you know, if we're going to transfer this property to a child, um, can we transfer the mortgage? Do we keep the line of credit in place? Are we using that line of credit? So that's certainly something to consider. Um, in certain instances, there can be property transfer tax on the on the transfer of the property, which is not income tax, but it's another tax. And uh, again, real estate values going up significantly. Uh, it can provide for a uh, a significant surprise or just a significant cost again to clients. So we 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 like to look at the whole picture and kind of provide that holistic view to clients to make sure that, you know, nothing does surprise them at the end of the day. Yeah, a nasty tax surprise you mm -hmm. want to avoid. And I guess you're seeing more and more sort of innovative ways that people are uh, sharing their wealth with their kids because it's it's such an ironic situation now. The, the value of the property is worth so much, so the parents are sitting on all this capital, yet the young people are, you know, desperately trying to get into this market and it seems near impossible. So you just need to kind of find these innovative ways, I guess, to, to help share that with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, 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 it kind of comes down to viewpoint or, um, financial outlook for, for the family. Some families, you know, again, it, it can be unique to each of them, but some families very much view the, the assets as family assets. It may be in mom and dad's names, but really they, they feel that it's for the family. Uh, some families feel very differently. You know, what's mom and dad's is mom and dad's and you make your own way. Um, now, I don't think either of those is right or wrong. It's just for those that do have kind of a bit more of a view that, you know, I'm really holding these assets, all the work we've done to, comp to you know, put these assets together now, uh, we want to help our kids. We don't want them to struggle to try to get a home. Um, the, like you said, the price of real estate has become so out of touch with income levels. For, for young people now, it's almost an impossible dream to, to uh, let alone a detached home, uh, to, to buy a, a townhouse or something like that because the values, you know, 1.2, 1.3 million. I mean, to, to get together a down payment of that amount is really difficult. Yeah. And, and what about gifts of cash? I guess, say you have a huge RRSP, I guess, uh, uh, Manning Elliott can help with that too. Yeah. And, and again, that kind of comes back to that holistic view, right? Cause a, a lot of clients say, well, I want to give them real real estate. Cause you know, we've got a lot of value in real estate, but we might look and say, okay, well, what else do you have? And let's, let's try and fit this pieces, uh, pieces of the puzzles together to actually, uh, maybe come up with a different solution that has a better tax result. Like maybe you have investments, which if you sold those, there's much less of a tax hit that um, you could just gift your kids cash because the gift of cash is not taxable. And so your kids could receive that cash and then the parents could go back and actually just draw on a line of credit and rebuy those same investments that they just sold. Right. Um, you know, again, a bit of a creative solution to get to the same place, uh, but with a much less tax consequences. 
That's why you want to talk to the folks at Manning Elliott. Like Lyndon Braun, go to manningelliott.com. Uh, they've got offices in Vancouver, Surrey, Abbotsford. And uh, thanks for talking to us, Lyndon. Very uh, enlightening conversation. Thanks. Well, yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, Lyndon Braun from Manning Elliott. Manningelliot.com is where you want to go to get in touch. And up next on Vancouver Consumer, uh, do you like cats? Do you like kittens? It's officially kitten season in BC. And if you're looking to adopt a little cute fuzzy kitten for your very own, the BC SPCA says you may be in luck. That's coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And did you know... It's officially kitten season in the Lower Mainland. According to the BC SPCA, longer days, warmer weather mean more cats are having kittens, often giving birth to multiple litters throughout the summer. And that means more and more kittens are coming into the SPCA, which means it's a great time if you're looking to adopt a cat. Jody Dunlop is the manager of the SPCA Vancouver branch and says they've had more than 50 new kittens come in recently. And she says they expect a few hundred more before the summer is over. So it's a great time to adopt a new family member. That hasn't been the case for most of the past two years for both dogs and cats. The pandemic caused a lot of people to try to adopt a new friend to keep them company during lockdown. So it got quite difficult to find a new pet. Jody says it was nuts. And the SPCA would sometimes have 60 applicants for one kitten. But she says now, if you're patient, you'll be able to find a new four-legged friend. Most of the animals that the Vancouver Shelter gets are transfers from northern SPCA branches and include orphan kittens as well as new moms accompanied by a litter of kittens. Since kittens can't stay in the shelter until they are eight weeks old, the BC SPCA places these little tiny kittens with qualified volunteers from their foster program. They look after the little fuzzballs until they're old enough to be fixed, vaccinated, and then put up for adoption. If you'd like to be a foster parent, the SBCA would love your help. Dunlop says they need extra hands. Volunteers willing to care for a mother cat and her babies are also especially needed because obviously that's a bit more of a commitment to have the whole litter of kittens. The BC SBCA also offers training for those who want to watch after bottle-fed babies. And also, if you stumble upon a litter of kittens out there in the wild, in the urban jungle, who seem like they've been abandoned, don't rescue them right away. The mother often leaves to get food and then comes back. But if you are certain that they've been abandoned, you can gently pick them up with a towel, put them in a box, and get those kittens to a BC SPCA shelter. So it's great news if you're looking to expand your family with a new cuddly cat because it's kitten season in the Lower Mainland. This is Vancouver Consumer. We'll be back next Saturday at 2 p.m. We're on every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho, with help this week from Jonathan Chung. Thanks, Jono. I'm Martin Strong. The news is coming up next on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.